Welcome to the nationally syndicated In the Oil Patch radio show with Kim Pilato, broadcasting from the Port of Corpus Christi studios. Get more on the Port of Corpus Christi at portofcc.com. In the Oil Patch Radio Show will give you an inside look at the oil, gas, and energy industry and how it affects you from industry experts and government officials right here on the In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And now it's time for me to welcome on my guest, the Vice President of Argus Media and Business Development, Bruce Fullen. Bruce, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you, Kim. Uh, thank you for the invitation to be on your show. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, it's important that uh, we interview Argus Media because it's one of uh, people in oil and gas. There seems to be a big disconnect in how pricing is set globally. A lot of people don't understand what the difference between Brent and UTI, what these mean. Um, and, you know, how does the price, how is it set? And therefore, it trickles down to the average American at the gas pump, right? So I hope that we can get some of these questions answered today because it's a truly important topic that most people really don't understand a whole lot. And I'll be the first one to admit, I'm very excited to have you on because I know enough to be dangerous, but I'm certainly no expert like Argus Media in how you guys go about assessing and establishing crude pricing all over the world. So let's begin by telling, tell me a little bit about Argus Media. Um, the name doesn't quite reflect the importance in, in some ways of what you guys are doing pertaining to pricing. You all are pretty much known as a price reporting agency. Tell me a little bit about the basics of what PRCA, price reporting agency, what does that entail as far as what's the core that you guys do in the way of providing a valuable service for the world? Yeah, so thank you, Kim, for uh, that question. Um, Argus Media, you know, they've been around for, for several decades and what a price reporting agency does is it, it you know is as funny as it sounds as we report prices but what does that that mean we work with uh, many of our clients um, to gather information on valuation and indexation uh, daily on a basis for uh, for reporting on commodities so Argus reports about 25,000 prices a day of, um, of different commodities. And that could be everything from gold to copper, to oil, to gas, to gasoline, to diesel, and so forth. So we are globally recognized for the amount of uh, products and knowledge we have. So what a price reporting agency does is we often go into markets, um, let's just say whether it's corn or natural gas, or in this case, you asked about gasoline, and we gather um, from different companies uh, what type of maybe gasoline that they've sold or purchased, and we collect these deals or information that people have done for that day. Uh, when we gather that information, whether it's through suppliers or trading houses or through um, you know, direct information reported to us. We then go ahead with our reporters. They go ahead and they take it based on whatever methodology we created for that product, and we formulate our price. Um, most of our Argus prices are done for average deals of the day. So, um, to break it down, let's say at the pump, uh, gasoline was three dollars in the uh, in the beginning of the day, and the end of the day, maybe it was three dollars and fifty cents. If you did a simple arithmetic, arithmetic average, that'd be $3.25 is what the price traded for that day. 
Um, we do know that since we're in there gathering this information and talking to the people in the markets, we capture a lot of intelligence. So we kind of, you know, are asking the questions, why did it go up today? Why did it go down? What are the market dynamics that have driven to the prices to go one way or another? And uh, there's a lot of different variables that go in that we report on why the, the price has gone up or down. So our price uh, reporters are key experts in any particular industry. I specialize, for example, in crude oil. Um, I look at crude oil prices globally around the world. Once we've established a methodology for crude and reporting it, uh, we publish these every single day. And when they publish them, they're often used from everything from governments for taxation. They're used for uh, suppliers and for uh, refiners, in this case, for crude oil that often use it in contracts. So people that when they sell oil, they realize they're getting a fair price based on the average trading that we've witnessed for the day and, you know, vice versa. So it gives a lot of people confidence that someone's doing an independent third party assessments of these particular products. So, you know, when people are out there and they're seeing, hey, why is the price of oil up or why is it going down? Not only do we just report the price, we explain why the price has been moved up one way or another based on dynamics. So there are, you know, multiple price reporting agencies around the world. Um, but for commodities, we're one of the leading experts in the world in the U.S. by far for crude oil prices and other prices. We definitely are very experts of hydrocarbons. You know, I sit in Houston. Um, I do have other people that do crude reporting that work with us all around the world, whether we have offices in, uh, in Russia, we have offices in China, we have offices in Brazil. I'm talking globally around the world. And we collect and gather that information from all parts of the world and they're they're independently used so we're very neutral you know and we have to be in this situ situation in order to allow all the integrity so we work with a lot of national oil companies or a lot of refineries globally and they put a lot of trust in us to make sure that we're doing these uh, price assessments daily they get audited they have to follow international standards and they're even used um, in towards of settling futures contracts with big exchanges like uh, ICE or CME. And again, global global presence in these type of things. So there is a lot of importance because when it comes down to, if you realize the billions and billions of dollars that are traded in the commodity markets every day, people are wanting to see fair uh, price assessments. They want to know what they're buying with confidence. Um, they want to know what they're selling with confidence. Am I getting a fair price? What does it look like? So we uh, we do encompass all the major players in the hydrocarbon industry across the chain in the United States, where I'm at here in Houston, and we interact with them daily on the, as a result of it. And, it. and and the importance of this also is kind of breaking it down, drilling it down a little bit more so the listeners can understand. You know, people, I think we wonder, where do these prices come from, of how they're being set on a global market? And, and, and people who are purchasing, which are crude purchasers or purchasers of other commodities, they're basically taking the data that you are being, you're gathering this intelligence, and then you're flipping it around and sending it back out in a way that they understand this is the pricing by what's the average going by the different customers. And so this is the price. Then it trickles down to the consumer at possibly the um, gas <clears throat> pump and how much people traders are purchasing this crude globally 
right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so then the prices are used in both paper and physical markets. Uh, break that down a little bit. What does that mean? Yeah, so I'm going to go start very, very high level and simplistically. So I'm just going to keep kind of rounder numbers so the audience can understand. So approximately, it's a rough average, about 100 million barrels of crude a day is uh, is produced around the world. And uh, all that crude oil goes into the refining systems. And when we look at different crude prices, for example, if I look at a, a very popular price around here in Houston, be like WTI crude at Midland. So at the locations at Midland yesterday, it was around $75 a barrel. Houston, it was uh, priced a little bit more, about $75 and 50 some cents. And those prices are gathered from the different uh, information sources that we get. We say, hey, this is what we saw crude trading, trading at the day. So you sit back and say, okay, there's one particular mark. Well, if you look around the Houston area, we've got several major refiners. So those refiners would be like Exxon or, or Chevron, uh, you know, Shell has refineries. You know, So you look at the refineries are buying this particular crude. Um, they're taking the crude into their systems and there's a cost for that crude in this case around $75. So, you know, we value it. Well, let's say in Corpus Christi, if the Flint Hills refinery or the Sitco refinery or the, you know, the, uh, the, the other various players that are in that area out there, they're buying that crude at that price. Well, when you, when you look at gasoline, you know, you realize a big chunk of that is the price of the gasoline is, well, starts with the crude price, right? Because crude is how you make gasoline. You have to buy the crude, put it in a refinery and, and sell it. And so at that point, uh, the difference in the price per barrel or per gallon, however you want to look at it, um, you look at the what the crude price is and what the gasoline is. That's called a refinery crack. That's the margin that's left. So it costs money to, of course, you know, refine the crude, you know, all those units and towers and people that are working at the facilities, and then they it sells out into the market. In the end of the day, the market does fundamentally set the price. So when you come back to basic supply and demand factors, so if you knowing the biggest cost of gasoline is the crude oil to, to make it, right? That's the fundamental building block of gasoline. Um, and when you go ahead and you look at those terms, you say, what's causing the price of oil to go up or down? That directly impacts the price of gasoline up and down. Um, they don't necessarily always have to go in tangent, but pretty much if the price of oil goes up, the price of gasoline is going to go up. I mean, that's pretty much the way it is. So when I'm looking at what's happening globally around the world, I look at two key areas. There could be more than that area, but generally it's supply and demand. So does the world have enough crude oil? Well, I mean, right now there's a lot of geopolitics. There's a lot of people that are involved in producing oil. We're going to get that in that next segment. We're going to get into yep. that in the next segment. <laughs> sure. But go ahead. So you're looking at two, two different things, uh, supply and demand, basic economics, and that's assessing. The, that's how you're making the assessment of what crude pricing needs to be at. Well, sort of. The market itself is we're taking the actual deals that people purchase and sell at the crude at. So I'm just going to say hypothetically, let's say Oxy or Pioneer that are major producers in the, the Midland area just sold crude to the Valero refinery, Sitco, or in Corpus Christi or the Sitco refinery. 
And we look at that and we've got the information that's reported to us that they sold it at again, this $75 mark. What we're doing is we're capturing all that information, putting it together and reporting that crude price at the end of the day. So everybody can go like, hey, we see what the price is at, what it's set at, what it's looking like globally. If um, fundamentally what happens is if crude markets get disconnected, let's say the price of crude here is $75 in the Texas area, you know, but the price of crude is worth $100 in uh, the North Sea area or in Europe. Well, obviously, they're going to take that crude oil and they're going to ship it over to another part of the world where it's worth more money. It's just called arbitrage. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and then what happens is either our price then goes up because of the demand issues uh, that they Europe wanted more crude. Or like I said, if you produce more crude, the price goes down. Right. And Bruce, when we come back from break, I want to stay on the price structure of crude pricing and how it's assessed, and especially the volatility that's happening right now with all the things happening worldwide. Uh, but we got to take a quick break. You're listening to on the World Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to in the Old Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Bruce Fullen, who is the vice president of Argus Media Business Development. Uh, Bruce, before the break, you were explaining to us basically what Argus Media, along with a few other uh, companies, is pretty much capture what what commodities are pricing at, and you disseminate that information back out. And this is how traders, especially in the area of like crude pricing, they basically assess what is a decent price to purchase a barrel of, of oil or any other kind of commodity. But today's show, we're kind of focusing a lot on, uh, on crude natural gas topics since we are in the oil patch radio show. Um, but I want to give you an opportunity to finish that off because you were talking about how when the price goes up or down, this is what you guys report on, and it gives the ability for people to understand what the price. Go ahead and finish off that statement before we move on to crude price. Well, yeah. So, you know, going back to what's at the pump or the supply and demand issues than crude oil, um, like I said, when crude oil goes into a refinery, uh, what you're seeing is they're producing the gasoline, and uh, the price of gasoline and crude generally go hand in hand. But there is the other fundamental factor here, the refining capacity. So very simply, if your refinery goes down, okay, mm -hmm. you can have all the crude oil in the world, but you're not making any gasoline. So what happens is the price of crude will go down and gasoline will go up. So there is a component of watching refining capacity in the areas. If you have enough uh, factories to make gasoline, if they're available, they're running, there's no explosions, there's no shutdowns, there's no turnaround activity, then in generally they go can, you know, hand in hand. The more, the more crude you can run in the refinery, the more gasoline's available for you. But keep in mind, we're in Texas, so we get disruptions quite frequently, anything from hurricanes to weather events that can shut down these refineries, but uh, that's just part of the nature of the business of, of around uh, refining and production. And let's get into the volatility of the markets globally when it comes down to crude pricing. We've had a lot of volatility all over the world from Russia invading Ukraine. Like you said earlier, there's world events that take off, uh, you know, the supply. There's also, you know, Europe has been heavily affected by the war going on between Ukraine. Um, and they are now in an energy crunch that they're, you know, discovering that they're having to turn back to more primitive things to provide their energy to their people. And I think it was an, a wide, uh, an eye-opening experience to understand that as we move through the energy transition, 
which whatever that means, as we go through it, we're going to be here to try to explain it. But you can clearly see when we're not quite ready to get off crude or natural gas and we start flipping switches to go all the way into newer, greener types of technology, you better have a backup plan. And, and uh, Europe is showing us that they didn't really have one that was sensible. Tell me about what do you see the biggest supply and demand drivers are going to be in 2023? So you've already hit on one of the biggest ones. Um, between the United States, Saudi Arabia, and uh, Russia, they produce about a about a third of the world's, I might even say the words energy, uh, but crude oil for sure. Russia is a big gas producer as well. So, and so is the U.S. So we're, we're big. about 10% on the market globally. Right. Yeah, they are. And, you know, each one of these countries as they're producing around, I'm just going to give you a rough number of 10 million barrels each. You know, the U.S. is a little bit more, but these three, three big giant producers, with Russia in turmoil, the question is whether or not those barrels are going to make it to the market anymore. And when people realize there are supply disruptions, um, that, that crude oil may be sanctioned in this case, the fear is that they take the crude oil off the market. Um, if that crude oil is not available, then you know it really drives the price up. So there was a lot of fear factors, particular in the beginning, with this war with Ukraine. And now poor Europe, who's a lot of major oil pipes or a lot of oil that goes straight into Europe is caught in the middle of this saying, well, are you gonna get your gas or you're gonna get oil? Where it's coming up is actually starting in February, the G7 and the US are kind of enforcing these price caps. In other words, they're trying to prohibit people from Europe or the US to purchase crude oil products or which is you know diesel gasoline or crude oil itself right and uh, as a result of it, it's like well then where do they get this where is this alternative energy coming from you just can't you know put a windmill up overnight or a solar system up overnight it just doesn't work that way so there's a very serious need of energy independence on crude oil which has not really changed um, you know, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. I mean, people can talk about alternative energy, but there are very, very significant energy sources and out of hydrocarbons that cannot be replaced easily with any types of alternative energy. You know, case in point, I've just never seen an asphalt road made out of sunshine. It doesn't happen. So... <laughs> Well, you tell you can't, you know, you can substitute some things uh, such as power, you can substitute uh, those, those nature, you can try to get vehicles that run on EVs, but every type of energy source you look at comes up with a new issue, right? So if you had all EV cars, where are you going to get the batteries and the lithium to produce it, right? And so the thing is, when you look at energy, the thing is the world is a deficit of energy. There's still lots of parts of the world that doesn't have energy. You know, they don't have running electricity. So the world itself is short. So, you know, before they start shutting down energy sources, you know, it's like, okay, well, what backfills that? And this is the problem that they're having, you know, whether it's in Europe or, you know, even historically in Houston, when our system of electricity froze under bad weather, I mean, where were we going to get it if people didn't have... We're uh, trying to walk away a little bit from natural gas to electricity. Well, what happens when the windmills freeze up or the solar panels are, or there's no sunshine? So each each energy source has its pros and cons. And so as much as we want to to move towards a, you know, green energy, we're not. Energy, we're not it's, it's a transition. Not right. Hmm. right. And, and we, we have to look at it as such. We're in a transition. 
but uh, for you know the listeners who are climate, um, you know, will end up being in the dark, and uh, bad things happen, especially to people who need like ventilators and things like that. When we get back from break, Bruce, I want to continue the discussion on crude price, and I want to drill down into China's COVID lockdowns again, OPEC, and the U.S. production of the weakening of the dollar. We have to take a quick break. You're listening to an old patch radio show. We'll be right back. Hey, when you're in business, you have to make a lot of tough choices. So let's talk about an easy one, your workers' comp coverage. If you're a propane or butane dealer or operator, you need to join the Lone Star Energy Safety Group through Texas Mutual Insurance Company. As a member, you'll automatically get a discount on your premium, plus you can earn double dividends that'll go straight into your pocket. It's the easiest decision you'll ever make. Find out more at texasmutual.com slash Lone Star Energy. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. And we're back. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is the Vice President of Argus Media and Business Development. Bruce, before the break, we were talking about um, crude pricing and how global events can really set the stage for um, problems um, for us here in the United States. You think that something is happening in Russia and Ukraine, it doesn't really affect you. Well, that's not quite true. So let's get back on that. You know, there's a lot of things that have been happening, Russia, Ukraine, China's COVID lockdowns, OPEC. Um, we have a, a US weaker dollar we're looking at. How are these things gonna affect us? Um, and, and what can we expect? Explain that. Yeah, so each one of these is, pretty unique so let's let's start with the the russian impacts um you know when you begin looking at russia they're again a major producer so you take the crude oil off you sanction it uh you try to restrict the crude oil it's the very similar strategy that the u.s does with countries like venezuela um and you you're basically trying to at that point distance yourself from the economy of russia now does it work you know, that's a, an interesting fundamental question. Uh, crude in Russia is almost just kind of 40 to $45 a barrel. So let me repeat that, 40 to $45 a barrel discounted. So the Russian crude is now worth about half of what U.S. crude is. So it does have bites, and that just means that's less uh, dollars that are flown into uh, the Russian oil uh, companies. So it definitely has a big impact on Russia. It's definitely affecting their economy significantly. Um, but you know the, the flip side to that is it drives the price of oil around the world up. So if Europe can't buy crude from Russia, it's got to buy it from here. Well, our refineries need it. Our people want it here. Our, we need to see it. So what happens is just it squeezes the supply and the price goes up. Now, 
we've actually seen the price of crude drop quite a bit lately. So again, the volatility going up and down. Well, why is it dropping today? Well, now we've got a little bit extra crude on the market. Well, where is that coming from? Well, China, you know, it's another version of COVID has swept through China again. So they begin locking down the people in China. And when you start locking down hundreds of millions of people, well, then the demand for energy goes down. You know, if you lock down a couple hundred million people from driving their cars, they don't need the gasoline. So then what the refineries do in China is like, we stop buying oil. Um, you know, so they were getting major supplies of oil from the Middle East. They were taking crude that was exported right out of here in the U.S. Gulf Coast into China. Now they don't need as much. So now you've got a tiny bit of oversupply. And so the price of crude oil goes down. So we begin seeing a lot of relief at the pumps lately, if you all notice that we're not looking at these four or $5 gasoline prices anymore around here in Houston. So thank goodness, you know, we've gotten some relief, but Again, you know, could this new COVID variant uh, spread through the U.S. and lock us down? I hope not. But if it does, then the price of energy goes (laughs) up. And, you know, we saw this, you know, a couple of years ago when the price of crude actually went negative in Cushing, Oklahoma. That's right, a negative 30, Mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Somewhere in that park. That was crazy. Never in the history. Nope. So when you have demand shocks, and this is a case of demand, like we don't need it, we're locking down, we're taking the cars off the road, people have to stay home. The energy, the demand for energy or fuels in this case dropped significantly and it actually drove the price negative. So what whiplashes have we seen? We've seen a lot in the last couple of years from hundred, nearly 120 to $40 crude prices around the world to you know, here back at home in Cushing when it was negative $30. So it's just crazy, the volatility and the prices. And so, you know, that's just, like I said, these shocks in these markets really do affect us what we're here at home. And so the economy, you know, the economy still has made quite a bit, you know, there's a lot of weakness in our economy still. A lot know, of uncertainty. Yeah. A yeah. lot of uncertainty. But you know what makes us, um, I'll say that this show and what we are, you know, experiencing has uh, our show in, in bringing people on like you that really help us to understand and put it in our own lives of how this works um, is really important. Uh, when we get back from break, I want to switch gears again, though. We, we need to get into capital investment because a lot of people are, are hearing, you know, hey, um, everybody wants uh, the Wall Street is, is penalizing uh, companies uh, or so it seems to say that they're not. But it seems like there's a problem with getting access to capital and continuing to develop our energy resources here. we got to take a quick break. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. Hey, when you're in business, you have to make a lot of tough choices. So let's talk about an easy one, your workers' comp coverage. If you're a propane or butane dealer or operator, you need to join the Lone Star Energy Safety Group through Texas Mutual Insurance Company. As a member, you'll automatically get a discount on your premium plus You can earn double dividends that will go straight into your pocket. It's the easiest decision you'll ever make. Find out more at TexasMutual.com slash Lone Star Energy. Welcome back to 
in the Gold Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today I'm interviewing Bruce Fullen, who is the Vice President of Argus Media Business Development. Bruce, thank you for joining me on the show today and talking to us about what Argus Media really does is set commodities or attempts to, to uh, set commodity pricing for the general public, people who are purchasing uh, crude, natural gas, and other commodities. Um, let's talk about capital investment. It has been definitely uh, a heavy topic that's been covered in a lot of media sources. Uh, we all have heard BlackRock and a few other major investment companies that they are saying that they are providing access to capital for our uh, 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 EMPs, the exploration and production companies that we know drill for crude and natural gas. But are they really doing that? Because um, the numbers tend to reflect that they're really not lending money to the uh, exploration and production companies. And if we don't have this investment, um, they can't drill. And then that means we have less energy, you know, less crude, less natural gas on the market, which is obviously going to cause prices to go up for us at the grocery store, at the you know gas station lines, everything goes up. So tell me about the capital investment on crude. How is it looking here in the United States? You know, it's really faltered uh, quite a bit in the last several years. Uh, some of it has to do with the policies around green energy. Some of it has to do, for example, the Keystone Pipeline um, being shut down, or for example, just basic 101, if you have federal drilling permits and you just can't access them or use them, that just means you can't drill. Um, and people get very nervous when energy policies change. So imagine you, you know, Keystone Pipeline, they invest six to $8 billion so they can move crude down from Canada to the U.S., but you cancel it. Well, it becomes really nerve-wracking then to try to make investments in the oil and gas industry if you don't know the certainty that it can just be changed very quickly on you. So, you know, one of those criterias of investment is you want to have certainty or return on capital investment. Well, fine, but if the, you know, the concept is talking about taxing these companies more, restricting their movements of the crude oil, or restricting the drilling permits, it just shocks supply. And then you go back to price of oil goes up, the price of gasoline at the pump goes up, all, all the costs for a lot of our goods and services all go up as a result of energy prices rising. Um, you know, so that that is a difficult thing with a lot of the people so that you're seeing a lot of tightenings. And the other thing is, if you are forced as a company, instead of spending, you know, some money over here drilling new wells, but now you have to put them on new environmental programs or regulations or whatever new biofuel requirement that they may have out there, that's less money that you can use to drill with. And so that just slows down the growth and it significantly has impact the investment in it. Now, you don't see it right away because when you drill a hole in the ground and you produce oil, it produces it for many, many years, right? You know, maybe five to 10 years. So, but you have to, at that well dries up at the 10 year mark, you got to drill another one just to keep that same supply of oil going. Well, that's the problem that we have here is when you stop the investment, you'll see where the oil price may, or the oil production may start to come down on the United States. Well, by the time the price rolls it up, it doesn't mean you can just drill another well in one second overnight. It takes time, it takes lending, it takes permitting. So the impacts are very shockful for quite a while. So you could end, end up very quickly in an energy crisis if you don't sit there and maintain the production in the United States and you don't sit there and continue. You know, like it, there was almost a, a almost like a joke to me in the industry when people are saying, well, Europe needs more crude. Uh, U.S. just pump more. 
Like, yeah, right. It just doesn't happen. What, like that. what switch are we going to flip on that one? I love when our elected officials say that. Just flip the switch. What switch? Yeah. <laughs> what switch are we going to flip? Not to mention the fact, aren't we looking at it? President Biden is saying we're going to provide the energy needed for Europe, but we're, we're, but we're, we're not even pr producing what we need here. You know, there's a problem. There's a problem. And like Russia holds like a big, big switch on Europe of just shutting down gas. Well, you can shut it down in a second. But how do I build LNG facilities that take a decade to build and get those out the door? Well, sorry, your gas is not going to be there tomorrow. They can pull the switch on you real quick, but we can't produce or backfill it immediately. It takes sometimes these projects take decades. Go into what is the problem in Europe right now? What resources, because they invested and doubled down in all the green energies and walked away from all of the uh, you know crude natural gas. And now what are they using and temporarily because Russia has taken them offline? Tell our listeners some of the things that they're having to revert to that are very, very primitive compared to where they could have been and should have been. And are we on that same path in the United States if we don't listen to good energy policies? Well, a micro little wake up place in the world close to Europe is Sri Lanka. The entire country went bankrupt over the green energy policies, literally just melted down and people couldn't even afford food or basic prices as a result of it. It's it was sad to watch that situation. But. In Europe, um, you know, as things have gone down, yes, the prices of everything went up. You think the gas bill for your natural gas bill is high here, triple and quadruple it, the price in Europe. So what's happened is people just had to either just do without and, you know, whether that means people are just going to have to, you know, use a, a le less air conditioning in their house or less driving or whatever it is. It really impacted the global economic growth of Europe significantly. It went negative. I mean, it's, it's really hurting the country and the economy badly over there. So, you know, they tried to go ahead mm -hmm. and even when they said we're going to sanction this stuff or not use it, well, they didn't have anything to backfill. So, yes, as a result of it, people just were hurt to do without it. And, uh, the country was forced, in this case, to import more energy sources from around the world. So uh, as a result of it, they had to buy more diesel and uh, gasoline from places like India and China. So, you know, while it's helping their economies, it's hurting their own as a result of it. So all it did was it just drove prices up significantly. And, uh, you know, that's just not good for anybody out there. And as a result of it, you know, that just impacts energy is needed for global production. Uh, it just impacts the produ production of Europe and it puts them behind. Some countries and definitely hurt more than others. Correct. And I think that it's also important to see that there's other countries that are bringing coal plants back online because they need access to that energy. And that is a little bit trying to be cleaner and greener than what we need to do is continue to work on energy like LNG that burns cleaner than coal. And some countries, because they didn't take this advice, are now having to fire back up these coal plants that are going to burn a lot dirtier than anything pertaining to crude or natural gas. And we need to look at that. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to switch gears when we come back. I want to bring it back to the Bakken. I want to talk about Eagle Ford, Midland. But we got to take a quick break. You're listening to a new Oil Patch Radio show. We'll be right back. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oil Field Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. 
Write down this number, oil field experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side -side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three- and six-person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side -side owner study. Welcome back in the Oil Patch Radio Show. My guest today is Bruce Fullen, who is Vice President of Argus Media Business Development. Bruce, we've covered a lot of uh, how crude prices are assessed, uh, uh, liquefied natural gas, um, the importance of it in the world, how we need to look at things, how uh, geopolitical things do make a, uh, an impact on price and energy and what we pay at the pump. No matter what's happening across the world, it's affecting us here as well. And we need to understand that. Who we elect, important to have good energy, uh, strong policies. Uh, if we want to avoid what Europe has been facing and also be able to um, look at the environment, and we have a lot of great uh, agencies that actually regulate our energy sources, whereas other countries don't. But I want to switch gears. Um, since you guys, uh, you all are producing and helping um, with energy prices and setting them on sending out information, your newsletter is excellent. Uh, it helps me a lot with my energy minutes. But tell me about the new uh, crude indexation that you guys are working on with the Bakken crude oil, which is out there in North Dakota. What is that looking like? And tell me you know, why you guys are doing that. Is there a lot of activity going on in the Bakken right now? There is um, a lot of activity. So the three biggest crude oil basins in the United States, Permian is number one. That's out here in West Texas. Um, Eagleford and Bakken are close behind it. They're, they, in the past, have produced around a million barrels of crude a day. And so they're significant in here. Um, you know, with the hit of the Keystone Pipeline and some of the things that they've kind of impaired that area. So... Recently, we've gotten more, more people interested in saying, hey, what about these other areas outside of the Permian for uh, you know, producing energy? So we've gotten pretty involved in uh, assessing new prices of Bakken around the value chain. What does that mean? Bakken, even though it's produced up in North Dakota, you know, over 600,000 barrels a day is being produced right now. Um, you know, we assess now the crude wood there. We assess it in other places like Minnesota, Clearbrook, Guernsey, Wyoming, down in the Rockies because they need more assessments. It's kind of that Colorado area where there's a lot of other crude areas and those uh, shale oils that are in the Rocky Mountains in there. So we've gotten pretty involved in working with the market to come up with new pricing for those crude. So we hear about WTI all the time. That's the bread and butter of the whole U.S. system here. But uh, the other crude oil basins, you know, they have different qualities. They're in different areas, different locations. They're just as important. Well, we're short oil. We need oil from every single area that we can get it out of the United States in these different shale, uh, shale areas. So, you know, a lot of billions of dollars investments and pipelines are around these areas as well. 
um, to go ahead and gather the infra, uh, crude oil from either Canada or the north part of the United States to bring it down to our refining system here. So we've done a lot of work to come up with those new indexes in those areas. So I've been personally involved in going out to these different locations, whether they're North Dakota or Wyoming or Colorado, and looking at the infrastructure and the pipelines and the terminals and working with the people that are out there operating these things and investing in these things and coming up with fair crude price assessments for these locations. So it's been a, a lot of excitement for around that lately. And we've just launched a whole series of new prices, uh, both daily and monthly average prices for these locations. So they've gotten a lot of interest, even from big exchanges like the CME. Um, you know, they, they're looking at using these things for bases of hedging and for continued investments into those areas. So it's, it's pretty important that we come in and do those assessments so people can see the value of what those crudes are in these areas so they can get the, the you know, the most bang for their buck out of those areas. Very good. Let's, last topic I want to cover before the show ends is you guys are having a summit, crude summit, February 15th through the 17th here in Houston. Uh, you guys, you know, have your finger on the pulse when we're talking about energy pricing or as well as, you know, what can we expect that you produce this amazing newsletter that kind of talks about what's happening globally. Um, and I enjoy it very much. But what can we expect at your crude summit February 15th through 17th here in Houston? Well, our keynote speaker is a uh, former president, uh, George Bush, you know, and uh, George Bush, you know, he was an oil man himself out here, Crawford area, Texas. So, you know, it's, we're going to get together a bunch of strategic thinkers, uh, some one of the best groups, I guess you can almost say globally. So we've got, you know, several CEOs that are coming in like Mark Lasher from P66 or, uh, you know, Danny, that's the president of Macaria. So we've got a big group of think tanks and different uh, strategic people that will be covering topics like transportation, uh, strategies around uh, trading, production, the ESGs, of course, they're going to have to talk about and discuss those as well, investments and even things of like Canada. So, I mean, it's going to draw a big international global crowd. I mean, we've got BP that's joining us and Echo Patrol and financial type folks uh, in, you know, shipping, Votex and uh, uh, big companies that do uh, movements of crude transportation all kind of get involved. And so it's a pretty big uh, bunch of knowledge and it's a pretty good event uh, for Houston. It's definitely probably one of the largest crude events globally, um, but definitely draws a high crowd of, of people. So it's just one of those of, you know, we're happy to, if people want to come out, please go ahead and register at our uh, Argus Crude Summit. Uh, you know, we'd appreciate it if you go ahead and go ahead and, and attend those. But yeah, it's going to be a, quite a bit interesting thing. And, you know, we even have like things like this involved in touring some of the facilities like Magellan East Houston, where we do crude assessments out in the east part of Houston as well. So people can come out, look at infrastructure. People can go and network in the industry. People can come and beef up their knowledge around strategy and what's happening in the world today. That is, I mean, I love your summit. I was there last year. Um, I'm sorry, we, we, you haven't had it before COVID, but I have attended your event and it's a very well attended. But you know, it's so important because you're bringing all the different topics of what the energy sector is dealing with when you talk about, uh, you know, oil and gas, 
Um, you know, there's ESG, which is the environmental social governance and all companies, it seems like even if you're not even in crude, everybody's taking their path forward of trying to uh, do their things greener. There's some companies that are net zero. They want to move away from it uh, and they're you know looking at different ways of doing it. When you bring all these people together, it kind of makes sense because everything is just compartmentalized. When we talk about energy. So the fact that they're going to, it sounds like there's going to be some great networking and who the heck doesn't want to see the, you know, President Bush, you know, of course, I'm excited to go see what he has to say. Um, last, tell me where it's going to be. Where can they go on your website to find tickets um, and, and purchase their ability for them to go? Because I would imagine it's probably going to get sold out because of who your keynote is. Yeah, and it's, it is, you know, it's a limited engagement as a result of that. You can, so please come register early and, and come in advance because the security is going to be a pretty well uh, tight at this event, but please uh, argusmedia.com uh, under the conference, you can see the Houston Crude Summit uh, the February 15th to 17th. And you can, from there, go ahead and uh, register for that event. Very good. Well, Bruce, we do look forward to covering your uh, energy, your crude summit, February 15th to the 17th. Go to argusmedia.com and click on um, the events and our conferences, and you'll be able to grab your ticket. I do recommend, like you said, it'll be a sold out event. Get your tickets now. Don't wait if you want to do. Sounds like some great networking, too. These are very high end people that are going to be attending your event. Um, and hear what they have to say. But Bruce, that's all the time we have for this show. I look forward to having you back on the show in the future so we can talk more about how crude pricing is being assessed. Maybe drill down a little bit more in some of these other countries of what you guys are doing since you're all over the world. Thank you for joining me today on the Old Patria Show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. I appreciate it. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.